everyone, and welcome again to the Power Platform Boost podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Ilike Ackerbeck. Hi, everyone. And yeah, together in the same room once more. Last time, next uh, episode will be in different locations, different time zones again. Yeah. But yeah, so we're doing recap today for day three of Microsoft Power Platform Conference here in Vegas. Yes, and then, and I want to apologize for our for the day two recap. Some of you might have noticed our audio was uh, a little bit off, and um, hopefully today will be a lot better. Yeah. So yeah, we were trying to record in an open space, and there was a lot of conversation behind us. So uh, yes, apologize for that. We're still learning. Yeah. Um, this is uh, <laughs> it's new new to me. You're more experienced than this, but um, yeah. So we're learning, and yeah. That's uh, real trying to do better. So this time it's better, hopefully better. So far, so good. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the third day wrapped up. Um, a lot of cool things. There was the the, the 10 a.m. keynote um, with um, Adam Adam uh, Grant. Adam Grant. Yeah. Uh, that was really amazing. I've not seen or heard, like I know he's famous, but I didn't really know about him before. But he's somebody I'm definitely going to read his book, uh, download his podcast. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just amazing. You know, I saw Adam Grant live first time in Oslo, I think it was four years ago, something so before the pandemic. And I've been following his work ever since. And he's such a great thinker. And I just love the way that his mind works. And he's very good at uh, giving me mental models. He's very, because I think he's a motivational speaker and he's a business psychologist. Mm-hmm. And that's very abstract. It's, but he's, great at articulating what he's thinking in a very concrete way so that it's very visual to me. And he put up on the screen, um, you know, the diagram. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my, my one note, I'm looking at it now, it's filled with like pictures and things um, and like the things that he said too. And he, his, his talk was, he's talked about building a challenge network, which I found pretty interesting because a lot of it, you know, we had a cartoon up about comforting lies versus unpleasant truth. And, I know it's hard sometimes that the un- unpleasant truth where, you know, working with colleagues, working with friends, working with family, sometimes you just want to say the nice thing and be that, as he described it, that um, agreeable giver, um, where sometimes you need to be the um, disagreeable giver, yeah. um, but try to do that in a safe space as well, be in that psychological safety, which is sometimes very hard to do. Um, and he had some interesting stories about that as well. Um the one thing you talked about this book, I think, kill the company mm. about and about how they instead of brainstorming, what are the things we could do? It's sort of like you look at the opposite side. How can we, how can we wreck something? And it's a safe space. And then because of all these, what's the worst that can happen or these scenarios that they're built from that? Yeah, and then you actually get you know creativity flowing. And he's also talking about um, switching brainstorming to brain writing having um, everyone come together in the room in person, you will always follow the lead of the you know highest executive or you know the one that speaks loudest. But having people brainstorming on their own and then coming together to share their ideas is a much better way to go about it. And he had so many great, great insights like that. It learns so much. And I also have one of both. <laughs> and then also he had us clap. And that was very funny because to me, I'm Norwegian. So sitting in a room with strangers and then, you know, there's a task up on the board saying, okay, turn to the person next to you and clap a song in your head. And the person next to you will try to 
guess what song it is. And that was a good split stranger to me. So I went into hiding mode and tried to disappear into the carpet. I couldn't. Uh, so the guy next to me started clapping and I had to try to guess what song it was. And I couldn't. And then it was my turn. So I started clapping and he couldn't guess what it was. And then Adam Grant from stage say, okay, uh, everyone who guessed it, you know, get up. Everyone who got it right. And then, and then he said, Everyone, any one of you guessed happy birthday. That was the song that was clapped. Sit down. And the whole audience went, what? <laughs> because half of us clapped happy birthday. And then it's like, okay, every A, C, A, B, C, or twinkle, twinkle, sit down. And then the other half was like, what? How did you know that? And then I did Jingle Bells. That was the third song. <laughs> and then We Will Rock You is also one of the, it's like astonishing to see how much the same ideas are in our heads. Mm -hmm. And we also talk to why it's so hard because, and this goes back to the ideas, you have that song in your head. You can't tap or clap that song unless you hear it in your head. That goes for ideas as well. So it's so hard to articulate ideas that we have in our heads to someone that don't have that idea in their head in a good way. And I've, so this is the level of examples that he will give. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean about that being concrete and giving us those great insights and not just talking about it because that can be very abstract. Mm. Yeah, no, it was, it was an interest. Yeah. The guy next to me, I looked over him and he looked at me and goes, pass. Oh, <laughs> probably Norwegian. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. Oh, all right. Yeah. It was interesting. So yeah, like there's a whole thing, like you can't really, you know, go through his, obviously Adam could, uh, present this way better than we can recap it. Oh, yeah, but just something about, you know, that he had the, the pyramid, both the scientific thinking mode and the different, are you a preacher, prosecutor, politician, or cult leader, the little triangle. Um, and yeah, it was, it was really good. And then it kind of wrapped up with uh, a fireside chat with uh, the power pages, GM Sangha Singh. Um, and so, but yeah, if you ever have a chance to see Adam Grant, and I gotta shut off my emails because they keep popping in on this. <laughs> Going to focus mode on your computer. Yeah. Yeah. Ding, ding. Yeah. If it's not cats, then it's uh, Microsoft's. Exactly. Windows communications. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. And then, so that was the, um, the morning keynote or the 10 o'clock keynote. Uh, after that, you went to a session about PowerFX. I did. And it was really cool. Um, it was by the, the um, and we'll put in the show notes the names. It's Greg Lindhorst and um, the other guy, Matt, I think. And so they talked about, it was cool because, I mean, I've done power of, some PowerFX stuff, but they were talking about the fact that PowerFX 1.0 is now GA. Um, it is different. I didn't know this. It's different from what's in the Canvas apps now. So in order to, for them to implement the PowerFX 1.0, you have to turn on this experimental mode and a lot of your existing power effects may break. Yeah. We so talked about we this. We did talk about episode. this. It's been a long week. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's open source and it's uh, GA as you were saying. Uh, and it's good that they actually did that talk to, to go deeper and to, to yeah, because it's very important because the, you, your stuff might break. Yeah, absolutely. And it was cool because they talked about the different, you know, power, they gave, they kind of rolled into the introduction and then they talked about where you could use PowerFX and PVA, Dataverse columns, cards, Canvas apps. They showed it, you can run PowerFX from the, from VS Code in a browser, um, model driven commands, obviously the Dataverse plugin that we talked about, and plus doing it with the PAC CLI. 
and being able to interact with Dataverse. And they have this example where they do Wordle. You know Wordle where it's a five-letter word and it guesses the letters and all that stuff. So they're using that example in all of these different surfaces. So to me, it was like, okay, I knew PowerFX was the language of Canvas apps. I knew I could do PowerFX. Like I knew a couple of these things, but to me, it was like, oh, wow, this is so much more than what I thought it was. So it was really good. And they, you know, then they got down into some of the nitty gritties, like, um, you know, floating point issues and decimal. But the big thing to me that got me excited was the fact you could do named formulas and user defined functions. Ah, there so, you go. So now I could write a, a, a PowerFX function and call that as opposed to trying to do it all in one spot. So that was my biggest hang up about doing PowerFX. It's like, you got to do a lot of almost spaghetti code and now it's much more modular. So I think I'm, I got to revisit PowerFX and give it a kind of give it now a second look because overall I never did a lot of canvas app stuff, but the fact that we could do it now in um, Dataverse plugins and all these other things, I think, um, and I had a few ideas too about the pack CLI because we can run that through batch commands about using that to generate data and that type of thing, oh, which yeah, I talked about. So yeah, so it was, it was a really good session. Yeah. Good. And I went to Eliza Benita's session about combining business process flows and our automated approvals for the ultimate approval process. Now, Eliza is a great speaker. She always draw a crowd and she got, you know, she went straight from a panel discussion right into the session. It's the last day and it's late in the day. And she she's just a rock star. She oh. yeah, yeah, totally nails it. And it's pretty dry and pretty old school stuff. It's business process flows is not really that sexy. And, you know, we, she also showed us one of the legacy or is it really, is it legacy workflows? Do we call them legacy? Or, or just classic workflows? Classic workflows. Yeah, mm. that's much better. Um, but I've worked with that and we actually do the, use Power Automate and business process flows for a customer. That we, we, So that's where I, why I went to that session. And she showed us, for instance, how you can use uh, the classic workflows to skip stages in your business process flow, for instance. Uh, I didn't know you could do that. And so there, there was a, it was a session she showed us, she demoed from end to end how you set up the business process flow, how you touch it to, or how you get it working and up and running. And I've been struggling with that lately, how you connect it to Power Automate um, for the approval flow, how hmm. that adaptive card work, you can get it in your email, and then also how to have a conditional uh, step in the business process flow and how you can um, catch that event and if it's rejected move to a, a different a later stage in that business process flow or close it all together and change that status and so actually I'm coming back to work with a solution to a problem that we hadn't figured out because none of us are dynamics developers where I work <laughs> so this is very good insights and I love being able to go to sessions and see the end-to-end demo that she did and now i have so many good ideas for what we can do to improve on a real customer project next week so it this this trip paid for itself yeah there you go <laughs> cool not only that yeah i have i have done other things <laughs> as well it's not only that but yeah yeah, yeah, you're right. yeah so it's interesting for the for you and i being here your role was as a presenter and my role was as an attendee um so what uh, you know what i want to talk about is you as a presenter, can you talk about that whole process about, you know, putting in sessions, how you decided and preparing and getting ready and, and actually doing the session for anybody that's out there that maybe they think, you know what, I want to be able to be a presenter someday at a conference like this. Um, 
just sort of what are your thoughts in the process on that? Yeah. Um, I heard someone say when you submit sessions or you get accepted for, um, you get some sessions accepted for a conference, that's the happiest you ever are, ever are in that process because from there on end, it's just the anxiety builds up and it's just when it's over, then it's a huge release. I think that's, you know, part of the truth. And I think everyone has an, an individual experience with these kinds of things. I love being on stage. I love presenting and that I don't, I'm not anxious about that. I'm not nervous like that, mm-hmm. but I do freak out um, before sessions not being prepared enough because I'm such a perfectionist. I'm never done. The presentation is never done. I want, so I want to do live demos. That's what I like to do. And that means I should really record videos on beforehand if the internet doesn't work or mm-hmm. like I've had on conferences before my computer suddenly strikes out or something. I need a PowerPoint deck with images so that if the video doesn't work, then I have that. Yeah. And I also usually want a blog post to go with my session. So there's a lot of things to prepare for, or I choose to do it this way. I know there's easier ways to do it, and I could just simply use PowerPoint like most people do. Um, but that's my, just my preference. So I think I can remember when I learned that my sessions were accepted. But from then, it's preparing. It's in the back of my mind from that point on. And this is the biggest conference that I've ever presented at. And I remember being um, at Ignite Atlanta before COVID and looking at those superstars on stage thinking, oh, my God, I can't remember. I can't wrap my head around being on stage with a big crowd that big. And I just wanted and wished for myself and put it on my to-do list, you know, the, the bucket list kind mm-hmm. of thing that one day I'll be on a stage at an event that big. And that was 10,000 people. And this is six to 8,000 here yeah. at a room with 400 people on Tuesday and, um, yeah, 300 uh, Wednesday. So, yeah, pretty big. And, um it was exhilarating. It was, and cool. it worked. I yeah. think it went well. I wasn't on my, uh, on my. It was not my best presentation at all, but it was good enough, and I'm happy with it. And we did it, and um, I had a blast. Yeah, you did amazing. Thank you. And it's reverse. So usually I'm the attendee, and you're the presenter. <laughs> now you've been attendee. Um, do you have any tips for anyone who doesn't really know how to navigate a, conf- a conference this conference this big? I know next year. They say that it's going to be in Vegas again, mm-hmm. Marks of Power Platform Conference. And it's probably going to be around the same time. It's probably going to be here in Vegas as well. They're trying to reach the 10,000 attendee right. mark. For the people coming back next year, what's your top tip on how to navigate this kind of event? Ooh, I think the best thing, um, <laughs> you almost have to pace yourself a little bit. And then I think the thing is you should define your goals before you go. What it, What is it that you want to get out of a particular conference is there people that you necessarily want to meet or there's things that you want to learn. Um, everybody comes with the, the, the different um, aspects. Now for me, it's all about learning what's new and you got to take, take it into account of when you're picking your sessions of when you pick your sessions that you want to go and attend, there's a couple of factors that I always look at. First off, is this something that I'm not already a quote unquote expert in? Um, because I know a lot of people, it's like, there's a comfort level. We're like, oh, they're doing a session on Power Pages. It's like, this is my thing. I love Power Pages. I'm going to go to that session. And I am tempted to go. And I actually went to one of the sessions, but it was because it was really the product team that was there. And these are people that I worked with um, over the last two years. So this is the first time I actually met a lot of these people face to face. But that was that was my reason for going to that. 
now normally, and again, we're not, it's not all what my goals are. It's what the goal should be for your, for a, a conference attendee. So if there's things that you need to learn for a project or something like, oh, you know that you're going to need to get your head wrapped around Power BI, for example, in a project coming up, and you don't know much about Power BI, here's your opportunity to actually go to a session that's being delivered by someone that's an expert in Power BI or has the experience that you can, you know, you can draw on and even make that connection. You can ask questions after and, you know, and if this person, these people in the community, we're here to help. Um, that could be someone you could reach out to say, hey, I saw your session in Vegas and you showed this in Power BI. I'm a little confused on it. Like for me, if I get a question like that, I'll try my best to at least answer or at least point the person to something. Yeah. And we've got questions like that because mm -hmm. you helped me answer my quest questions after my session. And, you know, I, I think five people, I said, you know, write that down, send that to me on LinkedIn or something and we'll look at it together because it's huge uh, architectural discussions, right? And my head was mush after the presentation, so I couldn't really comprehend what people were saying. And then, you know, please write that down and send that to me and we'll look at it. Because I know, you know, both you and I do that and I know a lot of other people in community are happy to help and spend time, help you solve your problem. And as you were saying, this is a great opportunity to connect with the speakers. Yeah. And there's, so there's that aspect of it. And then there's also another factor too, is some of these sessions are led by Microsoft people and other sessions are led by MVPs and in the community. So there's definitely benefits to both. Now understand a lot of times Microsoft is, it's the what's new, it's what's coming. And if there's things that you know, like, hey, I, I want to learn more, for example, the one from PowerFX that I talked about, this was delivered by the, the product team with the folks in charge. So yes, I want to see the roadmap. I want to see what's new. I need to know the features and whistles. Whereas maybe I'm already working with PowerFX. I kind of, I've read the documentation, but now I'm getting stuck. I'm looking for best practices. This is where a community presentation on a PowerFX, for example, could be better because chances are the folks that are presenting it have lived through real world projects. They they have the scars, the gray hairs, or whatever else. So that's also you know a great place to get some of that particular content. So that's a thing. So it's great. You know the Microsoft. What's new? What's coming? You know, is there something the roadmap that's going to solve a particular problem? And then there's the the experience. And then there's also like looking at some of the speakers as well. That you know um we know in the community there's some amazing speakers and just to see them speak on their topic in and itself is sometimes very entertaining and very enlightening so maybe there's a particular feature that you don't know nothing about it's really not on your roadmap but if you see someone speak about their thing that's actually really cool as well um and then yeah and then the other thing too is to kind of pick those out try to be a little bit friday go to things like the community booth um where where there's um, where you can kind of sign up for user groups and learn a little bit more about that. They had that here. There was also the, um, the, the, feedback, sessions. the feedback sessions where Microsoft are looking for, hey, we're, we're working on this. Bring back your feedback. What are the feature requests you want? Those are very interesting. Um, there's the expo where you can talk. We talked a little bit about that yesterday about the, you know, the ISVs and the other people that are providing products. Like they might have a solution that's going to solve a big problem that you're trying to figure out. Okay, how are we going to build something? Oh, wait a minute. There's an ISV that's already built this and we can just bolt it into our solution. So these conferences bring so much, but you kind of, you got to get a plan a little bit. Um, and then, like I said, pace yourself because there are um, social events, let's say in the evenings, which sometimes can take a little bit of energy. So prepare for that. 
I guess is the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah, and for me, that I'm not all that comfortable with being around people all the time. I need time to myself. And so now I think we're both feeling that, you know, it, it has been a great three-day conference and it's still going on. There's some workshops going on yeah. today and tomorrow. But uh, for me, I feel like I, my, I need to you know, replenish my energy levels now because I, I feel that I've been on, mm-hmm. socially on, you know, yeah. powered up. Uh, for three days and it's going to be nice to kick back and relax and you know work starts again next week and um, I'm doing a presentation at work recapping and telling my co-workers how what this conference is all about and what I learned and I think most of us need to have something like that going back also that it's because uh, our companies they pay for us going here most of the time and we need to bring something back mm-hmm. so write a blog post write a LinkedIn post um, do a presentation for your co-workers or whatever just spread that knowledge and and you know spread the word and yeah just yeah, yeah absolutely good. and and there's yeah, we talk about taking breaks. There's no shame uh, if you don't have to go to all the sessions back to back to back. There's, like I said, there's no shame if you're like, you know what, I just need to take a break. I'm going to go back to my hotel room and have a nap or do some work or do something else just to disconnect a little bit. Sometimes that's it's good to take a break from the, especially here with 6,000 people. And of course, it's Vegas. There's lights flashing. There was ever like... I found I was a little sensory uh, bombarded. And so I needed to take a break and I kind of did that to sort of like just get my head right again and then back to back to it the next day. Yeah. And so that's Vegas. You'll have to go through a casino wherever you want to go. You want to go to the bathroom. You have to walk through a casino it's like, <laughs> and it's all flashing lights and ding, ding, ding. So, yeah, I get you. All right. We are going to kick back and relax uh, the rest of the day um, and um, experience what Vegas has to offer and for outside of the conference yes. um, and we will be back with the regular episode on October 18th that's a couple of weeks away um, and until then um, thank you so much for listening to the Park Lab and Boost podcast look forward to our uh, open forward to the Boost quest next, next week and yeah see you around see you around <laughs>